and hit records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo? Welcome to another edition of the Vault Studio Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is James Cooney and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, a guy who has a fun fact uh, trivia for us. It's Lewis Glover. Lewis, how are you, buddy? <laughs> they call me Mr. Trivia. I'm good, thanks, mate. I'm uh, I'm really good. Good to be back behind the microphone again and and this week talking about some, uh, some AFC West football minus the Denver Broncos, who, of course, we've already previewed. So if you're interested in what we think about the Denver Broncos, you can go back and we we had a, a special guest on that with that episode, uh, Luke Wall from Creator Rank, and that was a lot of fun. That it was, but it's sort of irrelevant now. It was two months ago and sort of everything that we know about the Broncos is probably uh, up in flames. So all of our analysis is probably, yeah, sort of, apart from the Philip Lindsay one, which is great, obviously, is uh, probably shot. So, yeah, you probably want your own Joe Flacco and Emmanuel Sanders and, yeah. Yeah, actually, a quick note on that, and we we thought he'd be dead. Emmanuel Sanders' recovery with his Achilles is just incredible and quickly worth mentioning at the top of the show, Emmanuel Sanders' incredible steal in drafts right now. Ridiculous steal because he looked amazing in the preseason in the limited action. I I was skeptical of the reports that he was going to be coming back, and I'm very happy for him. He was one of my guys last season, so it's great to see him back on the field and hopefully going to be contributing from week one. Look, it is good to see him, but I'm still still on the fence about it. It, it was only like a quarter, so it's give, give him a year. Nah, I, I reckon he's going to have a, a solid season. Hopefully, they might ease him into it, but uh, I, I think I think uh, Sanders could be a nice a nice steal in drafts. But alas, we've 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 broken down the Denver Broncos. I still think a lot of it. What we talked about, I can remember that episode. A lot of it, a lot of it uh, rings true. Not much has, not much has changed. Royce Freeman is the running back to own, and Philip Lindsay sucks. So moving, moving. Wow, that hurts. <laughs> that really does hurt. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, if you want to hear about our Philip Lindsay debate and where our guest fell on, you should go back and give that a listen because uh, a lot, of, a lot of that is actually still relevant, which is surprising because how quickly the fantasy landscape changes. But before we get on to the rest of the AFC West and the division, we've got to have a quick word from our, our sponsor. And once again, the wonderful folks over at Breaking the Game Down Under, BTG Down Under, are the sponsor for this episode. They're the home of the premium helmet and NFL merchandise box breaks in Australia. So go to facebook.com slash groups slash BTG Down Under. Join that group there and get in on the action. People are winning all kinds of fantastic merchandise. Signed Dan Marino helmet, signed Drew Brees, signed Todd Gurley, uh, sorry, Jared Goff, uh, signed Ben Roethlisberger. They got all sorts going on over there. So some tremendous helmets to be won uh, over down from the guys who are kindly supporting the show at Breaking the Game Down Under. And as a simpleton, I figured out how to use it. So, Oh, look go. at that. Yeah, if, if, tell you what, if James Cooney can figure out how to to take part in, in a box break, you can too. Absolutely. Well, let's get right into it because I'm guessing we all want to talk about the uh, fantasy-relevant team of last year, the Oakland Raiders. Um, they sort of hey, had the best... Knock, knock on wood if you're with me. Yeah. Wow. I, I love it. <laughs> I really do. Me too. I, I people have been trashing this series of hard knocks. I've been I've been loving it. The between the Antonio Brown saga, John Gruden's eyes, like there's just this. It's it's been a good series. It's not been the best, but it's it's been good. Nothing can be as good as um, Hugh Jackson last year. Nothing can be as better than that. Yeah, that was bad. It was like that a, was it was like a bad watch, but it was a good bad watch. You know, 
Yeah, it was like like watching the the original Office. Like it hurts to watch, but you can't stop watching it. It's cringy, but yeah, nah, it was good. There's a new show on Channel Seven which is like that. The Proposal. Have you said? Did you watch the premiere on Tuesday night there, Lewis? No, I. To be honest, I I don't watch much network TV unless it's sports. I'm a I'm a Netflix guy. Yeah, well, look, I I wasn't. I'm not in a big network guys either. But you know, I was watching the footy and this big ad came on the Proposal. Where there's this a guy or a girl, they have eight contestants vying for the you know their love in an hour, and at the end of the show, um, the guy or girl get proposed to. Ah, so it's Channel 7's knockoff equivalent of Channel 9's Married at First Sight. Pretty much, yes. Aha. Okay. Once and, one channel does one, they all have to do it. And it's absolutely horrendous, but I love watching it. Awesome. Sometimes trashy reality TV is uh is some real good watching. Oh yeah, it's just the most awkward thing ever, and it's just so shit, and it's great to watch. I might. I have to. Uh, I'll have to look out for that. But I don't think our audience particularly cares too much about uh, trashy reality TV outside of Hard Knocks. So steering back to the to the Oakland Raiders, let's let's start with them. They were the worst team in the division last year, I think. Did they finish last? They were. They were. Yeah, I thought. I thought so. The Broncos. The Broncos got a few wins, but uh, yeah, they they were they were terrible. But it's all changed. They've they've revamped that offense considerably let's start with the man of the hour the man that's dominated social media for the past six months it seems jalen rashad jalen rashad the man <laughs> yeah no antonio brown like no Him. what what what, what a, i'm basically speechless when you consider the series of events that Antonio Brown has gone through from getting the trade, from being allegedly traded to the Bills for five minutes, then it wasn't. That was hilarious. Poor, poor uh, Rappaport. He got done. Don't wait. Then, don't forget the, uh, the uh, week 17 doesn't, decides not to play. Decides not to play. You're right. You're right. Decides not to play. So, and then he ends up on the Raiders. Then he gets his new contract. Then he, but then his feet get injured then his helmet's no good then he's filing a grievance then he's getting sued for for forty thousand dollars like it's just all happening for antonio brown and but at the end but at the end of the day men lie women lie but the analytics don't lie and antonio brown is still one of the best wide receivers in the nfl and i'm i'm rooting for him this season to to absolutely go ham i don't know about you but i'm excited for him it's better when the antonio brown saga keeps going it's just fun to talk about yeah, it, it just it really gives is. gives sad sacks like us who, you know, are obsessed with football. It gives us more talking points and things to 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 analyze and discuss. And I I hope it goes throughout the entire season. Me too. But unfortunately, he's playing for the Oakland Raiders, and they have been fantasy irrelevant for a while. And there is John Gruden, who has been irrelevant as a coach for a long, long time. And it sort of pains me to say, it, but I don't think Antonio Brown's going to have the year that I want him to. Look, he's not going to be as good as he was in Pittsburgh. That's you know huge downgrade at the quarterback position, downgrade at the offensive line. Doesn't have the same uh, talent on the other side of him. But having said that, he spent his entire, almost his entire career, drawing the best possible coverage and having opposing defenses scheme for him. This is a guy that they brought over that John Gruden absolutely loves, and I think he's going to get force-fed the ball. He's going to be. You know, close to 200 targets this year, I think. The Oakland Raiders are going to throw it a lot. The defense is still one of the worst units in football and on the defensive side of the ball. 
going to be relying on a lot of rookies to try and turn that around and Vontez Perfect, who inevitably is going to get suspended. So, yeah, I, the volume is going to be there for him. This is a guy who's been the most efficient receiver in the NFL over the past five, six seasons. Fantasy superstar, multiple uh, you know, wide receiver one finishes, never finished outside of the top five over the past few seasons. So, I really like him, and I just hope more crazy shit goes on because that's going to keep forcing his price down over the next couple of weeks. I think where he's where he's getting drafted now, he's getting drafted sort of in that late sort of so late second round, early third round. Um, I'm willing to take a stab at him sort of around there. I am. I do think yeah, obviously the volume's going to be king, and he's going to get all the ball. Derek Carr isn't the best quarterback. I don't think. I think we overrate his 2016 season a bit. He was only QB 10 that year and everyone he, he was in the MVP conversation. And I don't know. I don't think he's that good of a quarterback, but volume is king in fantasy football. And there is Man, he stat- finished as the, the QB 17 last year with traded away Amari Cooper, a bunch of scrubs, and force-feeding the ball to Jared Cook. He was really efficient He in terms of his points per drop back. He, he didn't turn the ball over too much. So, I think there's room for improvement. I, I like him, you know, as a third QB in in uh, in my league. If I've got a super flex league or in, in you know some nice streaming, he'll have can have some nice streaming games. For example, going against Kansas City, he's a great DFS play in those weeks because they're just going to have to throw the ball sixty times to have any chance of staying in with it. So in the right situations, I do like Derek Carr as a QB two or as a streaming option or a daily fantasy play. But I'm with you. I'm not going anywhere near him in, in one quarterback leagues. Just finish on Antonio Brown as well. Um, the only scary parts about him is that with Big Ben, he averaged over nineteen PPR points, and without him, he um, averaged under nine. So there's a bit of a yeah. Stuff. Huge drop-off, huge drop-off, but also it was Landry Jones throwing him the ball, right? So he, like When Big Ben wasn't playing, it wasn't like he was going to a, with another starting caliber quarterback. This would just, this guy absolutely stunk. So point, point taken, and I think his, you know he lands somewhere not quite in the middle, but he's definitely not going to be averaging 19 points per game. I don't, I don't see that happening. We can definitely expect a downgrade. He, you know, he, he was offset by touchdowns last year. He had 13 touchdowns, which is which is uh, tied uh, for the lead in the NFL. So, was it 14, 14 touchdowns? So, his touchdown output is going to come down just by virtue of being on a, on a worse offense, but I think he's going to get a ton of volume. He, he shared a huge target share with Juju Smith-Schuster last year. They had about 160 targets each. Yeah, and I th- so I think Brown gets closer to 200. Uh, which offsets the the drop in touchdowns he's going to see, but you know, I still don't think he you know he finishes a, as a top wide receiver. But I'd be shocked if he's outside the top ten. Also, that field too is not the best to play on as well. No, no, it's not. There's a reason why they're moving, and that field is crap. So that also compare factor, um, but not much. We did talk about Derek Carr. Um, you, there's one thing also want to we talked about in our last episode is Tom Cable who is one of the worst offensive line coaches in the league. I don't know how he has a job still. Um, I guess it pays to know people. Um, yeah, he's got some compromising images on a hard drive somewhere, and he just keeps getting them out. And 
uh, gets a gets a new job because he must. He must. Because... He has. He, yeah. So something's going on that gets him a job over and over. Look at that, Trent Brown from the Patriots, who was one of the best tackles last year. But as we see, with Patriots uh, free agents, um, they aren't very good in their other team. They're few and <laughs> far between. Actually, they actually star in their new team and actually live up to the contract. It rarely, really happens. You get that the odd person like Randy Moss. Even he, even though he's towards his injury, he played well in San Francisco, but not as well as he did the Patriots. That's yeah, really, I mean, really Nate, I Nate Solder improved, but he struggled for a while. Uh, I think, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, you you brought his name up last episode, Dante Scarnecchia, is once they leave the Patriots, they don't get the same quality of coaching that they do on the offensive line, which is key. So it takes them a while to adjust and, and, and figure things out. Um, the offensive line is not good. They've let they've let go of Kalechi Assembly, who was, who was awful last year. Then they brought in, as you mentioned, Trent Brown. They made him the highest offensive tackle of all time. Highest, highest, highest paid offensive tackle of all time, excuse me. And they also, uh, you know, got Richie Incognito out of retirement. And the dude is suspended, I think, for the first two, two games. games. Two games, as you've heard on High Knocks over and over and over again. Yeah, first two games. So, but he can still play, man. He's a, he's a, he's a good guard. Like, he's a, he's a starting caliber guard in the NFL. So those two should definitely improve the offensive line. But again, you come back to the question of, of Tom Cable. So some okay, some interesting personnel there. I think they've still got Donald Penn. So No, he's with the uh, Redskins now. Is he? Yes. Oh, I missed Re- that completely. Re- replacing Trent Williams. Ah, tr- Tumor Trent Williams. Yes. Yeah, okay. So, you know, the, some improvements in personnel, some, some losses to the offensive line. It'd be hard for it to be worse than last year because it was uh, it was it was bad. But again, all things all things are possible through Tom Cable. That's true. Um, the only thing that's good for Derek Carr is he does release the ball very quickly. He was the fastest in the league last year. Yes, um, at two point five five seconds. So even with a bad offensive line, he can get the ball out quickly. Um, but yeah, look, Antonio Brown's going to help him a bit. I don't think that much. Obviously, you know, Jordy Nelson retiring is a huge loss as well. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, look with with that. I like that statistic. Getting the ball out quickly. I think that's something that Gruden's trying to do. Antonio Brown is is great for that. Put him in the slot. I mean, Renfro is going to line up in the slot a ton, and we'll talk about him more. But occasionally they'll move Antonio Brown into the slot. But Antonio Brown, no one has a better get off in the NFL as a receiver than Antonio Brown. He is open almost immediately, so he can get open. Uh, you know. Uh, you know, slant routes and, and things like that. That's money for, for 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 Derek Carr and Antonio Brown. And once he gets the step on a guy, he does have that. He does have blazing speed. So it could it could work out quite nicely if if he's accurate enough over those over those uh, short distances. So that that is one thing he's got going for him. And um, yeah, Hunter Renfrew in the slot, who's incredibly reliable. He's a big game player, great hands, very good route runner as well. I do like Hunter Brentford in sort of, yeah, dynasty leagues. But for redraft this year, I don't see much. Obviously, rookie wide receivers don't really perform that well. Um, Tyra Williams is another guy that they just signed, which I don't know why. He's a speedster. Um, he likes to get down the field. And Derek Carr likes to get the ball out quickly. And he doesn't like to throw downfield. So I don't know why they brought him in. I don't see a big impact for him. I think he's going to sort of uh, fail. He's going very late as well, sort of 134 wide receiver 54. So... Yeah, I wouldn't be owning any stock in Tyrell Williams either. 
I think Tyrell Williams is a better receiver than just being an outside guy. He flashed in in times in in Los Angeles, uh, well, formerly San Diego when he was there, and yeah, it's a hard one to assess. He's going so cheap. I kind of like want to roll the dice in a few leagues, maybe some best ball leagues. And as I mentioned earlier, those match up against Kansas City Chiefs where you like Derek Carr and DFS, a stack with Tyree Williams is going to be one of the lowest prices on the slate just because of that they're, they're not going to be producing all season long. And it just takes one play for, them, for, for Tyree Williams to re- return value. So in those sort of situations, I do like it because... He can be. He can have some splashy plays. They might engineer getting the ball in his hands as well, maybe on some some uh, screens, but some end arounds, things like that, because he is he is incredibly fast. So it'd be interesting to see how they use him. But if they if he is intended just to be used as a stretch guy, which given the contract they gave him, like it was a decent a decent amount of money, it'd be strange if they just wanted him to be a a go route nine route type type of guy. So I hope they get him involved a bit more. But as you mentioned, the inadequacies of Derek Carr's deep ball are, are there for the world to see. So Yeah. And and we've got anyone else who I'm thinking Oh, uh Ryan Grant, that's the other guy in the room. Um he doesn't really have any redraft value either, and I don't expect much from him too. No, agree. So there's three guys in the receiver room. Antonio Brown is obviously the most valuable. Hunter Renfro is going undrafted. You can maybe see what his usage is like in the first two or three games. Tyrell's a bit of a, a dart throw. Uh, roll the dice on him in your flex if you're desperate. Um, so that sort of covers off the receiver group there. Then we've got Darren Waller, the superstar of hard knocks. If his usage is anything like uh, Jared Cook's last year, he could be a really nice t- late tight end target. An athletic freak who obviously converted wide receiver. Um, believe he, if, with his size, he's what six six. I think it is six yeah, six. Yeah, he's, he's a size, um, He ranks the ninety nine percent in speed. So he will get open if they want to throw the ball to him. Great. Um, I don't know. Yeah, how they're going to use him? He's obviously going undrafted, so obviously he's the sort of guy you want to watch on your waiver wire. Um, be interesting to see how he goes, but yeah, I think obviously with hard knocks, he's sort of his stocks and rise a bit. Yeah, he's suddenly become one of the sort of in vogue players. Uh, fantasy Twitter, he's a name that's been kicking around for quite a while, just given the number of vacated targets there in in Oakland and had the, the, the prolific nature of how Jared Cook was used last season. Just pulling up his profile on, on playerprofiler.com to give you an idea of the the athletic freak he is. Yeah, he was 99th percentile speed score, as you mentioned, ran a 4.46.40. He agility scored in the 82nd percentile, and he also has a 96th percentile catch radius. Well, as you mentioned, six foot six, 255 pounds. This is a this is a real uh, interesting prospect who converted wide receiver, as you mentioned, might come together for him now because he was absolutely dominant in college as well like he was just a huge guy for georgia tech 91st percentile dominator rating and um his yards per reception as well was 17 so he can get down the field and, and grab it so at the tight end position running some of those seam routes that could be that could be real interesting so yeah, watch out for him when you wave away and we haven't touched on the running backs the uh, guy we've well i did obviously with john Rashad, but 
the number 24th pick in last year's draft, Josh Jacobs, who I know you're very high on, Lewis. Um, <laughs> can't stop raving about him. Um, Mike, uh, Mike Mayock has come out and said that he's their guy. He's going to be the workhorse back uh, in Oakland. Why are you so high on him? Look, I'm, I'm lower on Jacobs in Dynasty. He's going to get run into the ground this year. The first-round running backs, historically, they get... You know, Rashad Penny was a huge exception to the rule last season. When a team commits a first-round pick to a running back, they prove they they go out and they want to prove to the world that they 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 made the right decision drafting a running back in the first round. His usage is going to be through the roof, and that's corresponded with the roster moves that they've made as well. They cut Chris Warren, they cut Doug Martin, so it's a pretty thin running back room. Josh Josh Jacobs is going to be the guy. Uh, I still think Rashad will have some involvement on passing downs. My concerns with Josh Jacobs are you know the fact that he never beat out his uh, his teammates in college he could never handle a full workload he he suffered with bang, being banged up with injuries but but in terms of where he's going right now running back 18 i feel that's just about right for him his adp is you know keeps rising there was a moment there where you could get him in the fourth round which was just crazy based on the usage he's going to get but 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 drafts and, and mocks are starting to push him up higher and higher. I wouldn't be taking him any earlier than running back 18 because we of the problems we think the offense is going to have. I don't see great touchdown upside for him. And I think when they're playing from behind a lot and throwing it all over, I do think he will be involved in the passing game. But I do think there'll be some targets there for Jalen Rashad as well. So we'll see a ton of volume, but I think his true ceiling is capped by the fact that it's not a great offense. And the, and the offensive line, we will question with Tom Cable. Yes, I was going to say, offensive line, that's what scares me. I won't be owning any Josh Jacobs shares. I just, yeah, don't trust John Gruden, don't trust Tom Cable. And yeah, as you said, he's been running to the ground. The volume will be there, but yeah, there's other guys like um, Aaron Jones, who I prefer around that 30 mark instead of him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Chris Carson is going just ahead of him. I prefer Chris Carson, George Kittle, Stephon Diggs to Josh Jacobs. Uh, and then some guys going after him. I prefer him to David Montgomery. They're going next to each other right now. But I would prefer, uh, particularly if I've if I've gone running back, running back in my first two rounds, I'm looking at Amari Cooper or Brandon Cooks in in the in the later third round there as over over Josh Jacobs. I do I did did draft some Josh Jacobs in best balls a little bit earlier on, you know, in the last, about a month six weeks ago. Uh, I was able to get him sort of fourth, fifth round, but his price is, is climbing pretty rapidly now. We'll save the Chiefs for last. We're going to the Chargers now. Um, Philip Rivers, always an undervalued fantasy QB. He always finishes in the top 15. He's 10 of his last 11 seasons have been in the top 15. Last year, he finished his QB 11. Unfortunately, though, he doesn't have a high ceiling like the guys going around him, sort of Lamar Jackson, Winston, Prescott, all that sort of stuff. He's going to give you that sort of 38 to 42 touchdowns, 3,500 yards, but that's all he's going to give you. You know he's going to give you that. And in fantasy these days, you sort of, especially in single QB leagues, you want to sort of draft a potential. You want to get the next Patrick Mahomes, the guy that nobody's drafting early and just hits and becomes a new MVP. You want him, a Carson Wentz from 2017. You want that guy. And unfortunately, Philip Rivers isn't that guy. Like Brady, like Brees, he's just getting a bit old. How do you expect him to have... A good year this year look i actually like rivers this year because i think he's locked on to be inside the top 15 as you mentioned and you're you're paying around that price for him and uh i think it was on the 
uh, last episode, I, I mentioned about getting guys who were going to, you know, get you some some draft equity back and beat their ADP. And you take him at quarterback fourteen, and I still think he can can do that. And the reason why I believe that he finished as QB eleven last season, and he had his one of his lowest passing outputs uh, in the last five years, if not the lowest. The Chargers really. Uh, played defense and ran the football and took the ball out of his hands a bit. He was quite efficient. He threw touchdowns. But now they've lost Derwin James for potentially the entirety of the regular season. They Melvin, Gordon, yeah. Mel- Melvin Gordon's probably going to hold out for at least four, maybe six games. We don't know exactly, but there's undoubtedly, undoubtedly going to be some holdout there. And I think Philip Rivers starts to throw the ball a bit more. And because of that, going around QB 14, I think with the loss of Melvin Gordon, I think over the next week, his ADP will drop a little bit further. And I think Philip Rivers is going to quickly turn into a bit of a, a, a bargain. And the other thing he gets you is week-to-week consistency. He doesn't have those spike weeks like some of the guys going a bit later who still might finish just ahead of him at the end of season. But he will get you week-to-week consistency, you know, 300 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and, and maybe a pick or two. That's fine. Maybe he go go ham one week and go four touchdowns because he's got weapons around him. Keenan Allen, perennially underrated wide receiver. Mike Williams, who I love to take a big step forward this year. Hunter Henry coming back from, from injury, who's a, who's a good threat. Austin Eckler was one of the best pass catchers in the backfield, graded out by PFF last year. So Philip Rivers has got tools around him, and I think the volume has to go up for him as well. I'd be shocked if you don't see 60 to 70 more pass attempts from Philip Rivers this year than you saw last year. And so because of that, I I think going at QB 14, and I, again, I think in a draft, it's a, he's sort of an unsexy pick. I think you can get him off the board at, around your QB 16 in a, in, a, in a live draft. And I think he's a top 12 quarterback, low-end low quarterback one by the time the season's finished and provide you with stability on a week-to-week basis. you can, If you don't want the hassle of streaming the position or playing the matchups, you can pretty much start Phillip Rivers every single week. Yeah, fair. I know it all depends on Melvin Gordon to hold out too. I know when he didn't play last year in his games that he was injured, they threw the ball 60% of the time compared to 55% of the time. So obviously, there's going to be more of an uptick in passing and that's obviously going to go well for Rivers. Um, I just do, yeah, I just... Don't really sort of like where he is, especially that bad offensive line too. I know he plays well in the pressure, but man, without Russell O'Kung now, that that offensive line is trash. It's really, it's really not good. It's it's going to be a it's going to be a struggle. But yeah, just on those, yeah, he threw five hundred eight pass attempts last year. The two years before, five seventy five, five seventy eight, six hundred sixty one. The year before, I don't think we see six hundred sixty one. That was a career high. But the year before that, five seven. I, I reckon he definitely goes comes back to about five sixty, five hundred and seventy pass attempts this year. Um, you know, and, and we should get the ball out quickly to avoid taking too many sacks because he has guys like a guy like Keenan Allen who's immediately open in the slot, and also uh, Austin Eckler in the backfield. So I think that they sort of scheme uh, scheme him. Uh, you know. To stay protected. With the running back situation, how do you expect that to play out and what are you planning for? How are you drafting this sort of time of the year? Ah, it's such a hard one. I mean, 
Melvin Gordon's ADP is just dropping like an absolute stone. People are far more cons- um, convinced Zeke Elliott's going to get a deal done in return than they are with Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, though, wants to be wants to get paid, but he won't be a free agent unless his con- contract tolls, and he needs to play some games to do that. There isn't an absolute number of games. It will go to arbitration and be decided if that's the case, but he definitely needs to play this season. And right now his ADP is up running back 21. Uh, about 40 overall. So you're looking at the late third round, mid to late third round in a 12-team league. I've seen drafts recently where he's falling into the fourth round, fifth round. And if that happens, you've got to draft Melvin Gordon. You've just got to, you have to, because he's upside. He's he's a league winner for you if he comes back or when he comes back, because I'm I'm sure he will. I'm sure the the team and him will, will, will figure something out. So... Right now, running back 21, I think I've got to just pass on him, but much further. Um, you, you, you've got to be uh, you've got to be crazy to not get him. I'm running back eight on 12 games last year. Like, upside is huge. Yeah, the upside's there. I just, I don't know how this whole situation's going to play out. I'm sort of going in as that he's not going to be playing. I'm sort of moving on to Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. Those are the guys I'm sort of targeting. Obviously, Austin Eckler now, his ADP has skyrocketed down. He's now going as 62, running back 30. So obviously a lot of people are doing that as well. I prefer the cheaper option. I'm going Justin Jackson. For sure. Um, in the sort of the four games that uh, Melvin Gordon did miss, um, Austin Eckler did average 12.83 PPR points per game and Justin Jackson averaged 10.15. So they're pretty much similar. I think they're going to be used both. I think obviously Eckler's going to be used more than Justin Jackson, but the potential is there that Justin Jackson does have high games and better games than Austin Eckler happened twice. He did score more points than Austin Eckler in those games that he missed. So I'm willing to take the stab at Justin Jackson. He's going much later. He's going as running back uh, 47-118. So very late in the draft, I'm willing to take a cheaper stab at him. Yeah, the one thing I will say in defense of Austin Eckler is that he still has a role carved out even when Melvin Gordon comes back. Once Gordon comes back, Jackson's value is pretty much dead. But Eckler was still very much involved when Melvin Gordon was healthy as well. So if Eckler's price, I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine Eckler's price falling, but I can also see a very legitimate argument to, to take Austin Eckler uh, around that late fifth round uh, if any more news comes out about Melvin Gordon, because you might, you might get you know, six games of uh, you know, close to RB1 level usage for Austin Eckler. And then you know, he's still very a viable flex play if Melvin Gordon returns. So there's definitely some interest for me in Eckler, but I also agree that Justin Jackson's price is nice and low. And at that, you know, 118, you're, you're swinging for upside, and you might get six really useful games from him. And you know, you never know what what that does for you. Maybe Melvin Gordon ends up sitting the whole season. We just don't know how it plays out. But at that price, it's it's uh, it would behoove you to take a swing on Justin Jackson. We spoke about Keenan Allen before. He finished, yeah, wide receiver three in 2017 and wide receiver 12 last year. I know you like him a lot. Um, how do you expect his gear to play out? Again, I mean, his health concerns are a little bit overblown. He's had, you know, missed a couple of games over the last two seasons, but just nicked up stuff. He had that the ACL and then the lacerated kidney a few seasons ago. So he's had, he's been more unlucky than anything. One of the best route runners in the NFL. In the slot, he's open 99% of the time. Philip Rivers throws the ball to where he's going to be, and he's open, and he gets there. 
volume is going to be there. He's going to be absolutely peppered with targets this year, especially if Mel- especially while Melvin Gordon sits. So this is a guy that you can draft, get as your wide receiver one or even your wide receiver two, depending on how your draft goes. He's going at the start of the third round. So maybe you've got an early first round pick, you lock in that bell cow back and then come back and you stack two two top 12 wide receivers and maybe a Mike Evans and a Keenan Allen. Start your draft that way. That's a really nice approach I'm liking this year. And yeah, just just be super happy with what Keenan Allen's going to do for this year. And if he starts if he starts hot, you can you can uh, you can always sell high on him as well. Uh, tra- trade him away for a, for a running back later on. In weeks twelve to fourteen, when Melvin Gordon did miss, uh, Keenan Allen was a wide receiver three, averaging twenty five PPR points per game. So obviously likes it when Melvin Gordon misses. Um, I don't expect him to be the wide receiver three. If Melvin Gordon does miss, but he's going to be up there um, with targets. He's they're going to throw the ball a lot more. So Keenan Allen's going to see an uptick in production if Gordon does sit out. Yeah, that was the, the stretch. It was three or four games on the bounce where he went 100 yards and a touchdown in consecutive games. Like he 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 was running real hot for a while there. So love Keenan Allen. I also love the guy who'll be starting outside him uh, most of the time in, in in Mike Williams. Big Mike Williams guy this year, and I think you're a Mike Will guy as well. I am. Oh. I'm a bit on the fence these days because oh, I've, no. got, I've got a question for you. Does Hunter Henry coming back sort of limit his potential this year? Because they both, Mike Williams last year was touchdown dependent. He scored almost 40% of his PPR points from touchdowns. Hunter Henry is a red zone beast. Do you see those two sort of guys meshing or is it sort of one guy's going to stand out, one's got to sort of, sort of drop off? What do you expect? No, I think they're going to mesh really nicely. Um, I did a really deep dive into Mike Williams for, for DFF. Watched all of his all of his uh, snaps last year, and one thing I noticed as the season grew on, he had a terrible rookie season. It was essentially a wash. He was injured. He didn't didn't get a preseason with the team. It was basically his rookie year in 2018, and he started to earn the trust of Philip Rivers. He was throwing it to him over the middle. He was throwing it to him on, you know, while they were backed up on their own goal line. He's got great hands. He fights for extra yardage to get first downs. And I and I think the volume, he's earned a role in the offense. And I think the volume is going to be there for him as the wide receiver too. As I already mentioned, uh, Philip Rivers' output is going to go up this season. There's going to be free targets available from the de- departure of Antonio Gates, from Tyrell Williams. Melvin Gordon sitting out opens up some targets as well. And so Keenan Allen's target share is going to remain consistent. He's going to sit in that, you know, uh, high, uh, like uh, low to, to mid 20% market share. But I think there's a huge opportunity for Mike Williams to step up into that, uh, you know, 18, 19% range. Hunter Henry can still get his and be used in the red zone. He can be used as a, you know, down the seam in the middle of the field. I mentioned in the Tampa Bay uh, preview that he and OJ Howard are only two tight ends in the past decade to have an average depth of target over 10 yards and catch two-thirds of, of, their, uh, of their targets. So reliable hands going deep, uh, which I think is a slightly different. Mike Williams was used partially as a deep threat last year, but it was also used in a lot of uh, intermediate routes and, and jump balls on the, on the sideline as well. So I think they can be quite complementary to one another. But that's a really one of the best offensive trios in the league, in my opinion, Alan Williams and, and Hunter Henry. Yeah, I do think I'm a bit on the fence with it. I do see sort of Mike Williams becoming more of a possession receiver. 
Obviously, Tyra Williams not being there too, that's going to help as well. There's going to be a few targets um, out there. Um, but in that big, he had that huge monster game against Kansas City where he scored most of his points for the year. Um, Hunter Henry coming back, he's going to steal away a few of his targets. But yeah, I'm just on the fence. If I'm if I'm like this, if I'm going to, if I'm thinking about this in my draft and he's going sort of at that 60 range, I'm just sort of not going to take him. I just rather guys that I, I like, someone like a Tevin Coleman going there. Someone that I know that I'm happy to sort of play week in and week out and not sort of worry about, oh, is Mike Williams going to score a touch in this game? Do I, can I play him? He's got a good matchup. That's why I'm sort of worried about Mike Williams. I do see the potential, but I'm just a bit worried with this offense. Yeah, see, his ADP has fallen. There was a, there was a time when he, uh, he was grouped in there with around the, the Chris Godwin, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, Kenny Golladay grouping. Calvin Ridley was in there, and it was a, a bit of a, a harder decision to make. But now he's going, where is he? He's going to the wide receiver 26. I think he should be a top top 20 wide receiver this season. Looking at some of the guys going, I think he I think he's a better pick than, than Calvin Ridley. I think he's a better pick than Cooper Cup. So, you know, I, th- I think he's going to have a really solid season. And particularly uh, ahead of some of the running backs, uh, you know, going around that range as well right now, including his teammate Austin Eckler, uh, Duke Johnson. So it's a crowded area that round of that part of the draft, and I can understand uh, people wanting to fade him. But if you're in multiple drafts, I think you'd be foolish to not walk away with one of your teams with with some Mike Williams because I think he's going to have a a really nice season. Uh, and I think he's earned Philip Rivers' trust. Here's a nice would you rather. you got uh, Mike Williams going at number 60, and 61 is Josh Gordon. I oh. know. I was just looking at that. That's that's so... The answer The answer there would come down to to, to roster construction. If I go wide receiver, wide receiver heavy early, and I have to pick one of those guys, I'm going to go Josh Gordon because he's, he's upside, as I mentioned, is like top 15. But if I need a more solid option, a more reliable option for the entirety of the season, I'm going to go Mike Williams. But so who, I, get, who, I guess that's kind of, kind yeah, of, kind of fence. No, nah, don't cheat. Who would you rather? This Josh year? Gordon. Josh Gordon. There you go. Hear that, folks? He's, all, all of his analysis about Mike Williams is trash because you won't even take <laughs> Um, Is there any else in this sort of... The San Diego Chargers that you like, sort of Travis Benjamin and Don Trettlingman, they're sort of guys that are floating nope. around. Don't really, don't want to spend a few minutes talking about them, no? No, ben, Benjamin's a punt returner and uh, you, he might get take one touchdown to the house on a deep ball. Don Trettlingman's just signed back with the team as a body, a bit of depth. Patriots released him. So, yeah, no interest in those guys. But overall, the Chargers should be, you know, fantasy relevant all over the place once again. We'll move on to the, uh, the big daddy, the Super Bowl, the... The Kansas City Chiefs. The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl of fantasy teams. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, whoa, that's a bold, bold prediction early. Yeah, probably are too. Uh, defense, is, uh, defense isn't good enough. Yeah, but when you're the number one offense, mate, that's all you need. That's all you need to get rolled at home by the Patriots. Classic. <laughs> when you got Andy Reid coaching, it's probably right. <laughs> oh, poor Andy Reid. Poor Andy Reid. Can't win the big one. Poor him. Even though he's a big boy. Uh Let's start with the, the number one QB last year, Patrick Mahomes, who uh, who is just like 
just the guy in fantasy. He's was 60 points better than every other quarterback this, uh, last year. So it's better, that's basically two games better than ben, uh, Matt Ryan, who finishes uh, QB2. He's got the best offense. He's got the best tight end in the league. He's got the one of the top offensive coaches in Andy Reid, even though he can't win a big game. The defense appears to be much worse as well. Obviously, going from a 3-4 to a 4-3, that always um, proves challenging in year one. So that's going to be fun. But here's a stat for you, Lewis. No QB in the past... 10 years has gone back to back yeah it's really hard to do it's really hard to do so can you envision patrick mahomes going back to back in, Q- in qb1 oh i can definitely envision it and it's in in his range of outcomes i don't think he scores as many points as he did last season he had the the best fantasy season of all time so i, I can't see him throwing 50 touchdowns and running for a couple more and over five thousand yards I, I think i think that's um less likely his touchdown rate was out of this world. We've seen with the, the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, their touchdown rate always regresses when it's high over 8%. It comes back to a, a more reasonable rate. Even at a reasonable rate, closer to a 6 with the passing volume they're going to have, he's still going to be a very, very good fantasy quarterback. I just can't justify taking him in the in the uh, second round, which is what his ADP is. Even in super flex leagues, I have a hard time um pulling the trigger on him because his price is even more inflated. People are drafting him in the first round in super flex leagues. It just goes against everything I believe in. Uh, Weren't you uh, the guy that drafted Aaron Rodgers and the Scott Fishball last year in the first round? Uh, I was, but the Scott Fishball had some pretty unique scoring settings, uh, including massive penalties for interceptions and pick sixes. So bit di- bit different. Uh, it didn't didn't work out for me in the Scott Fishbowl uh, for for a bunch of my other picks, but I, uh, you know, I, I stood by the Aaron Rodgers pick. Where do you think in Superflex leagues Patrick Mahomes is going right now? Like top eight, fourth. <laughs> According to the fantasy football calculator, he's going number four. Stop. Why? Stop it, people. This is this is crazy. If, if you want to get a quarterback early, just wait. Go get to Sean Watson. He's probably going to outscore him this year anyway. But, ah, man, pe- people's recency bias is, is crazy. Like, I know he's got a ton of weapons around him. The offense is, is going to be ridiculous again. There's no doubt about it. But come on, guys. Like, fourth overall in super flex leagues. Yeah, it's bit bit weird isn't it um yeah i think yeah regression is coming he's not going to be able to f- go for 400 points again this year even though that he's back with tyree kill he's got him back the james james arthur's favorite player um kareem hunt's obviously not there but basically damian williams and darwin thompson can fill that role easily they drafted mccall hardman in the second round um yeah there's a lot to love in this offense but again i just don't see him being as good as he was last year. Oh, he'll, he'll be a top five quarterback, almost no question. Yeah, like, but I'm not drafting 22nd or 4th. Yeah, exactly. You're taking him and you absolutely need him if that's where you draft him for him to be worth that draft pick. You need to do for him to do exactly what he did last year and even then it might, it, you know, you'll struggle for it to be be worth it. The the perfect principle of the late of drafting a quarterback late is what Patrick Mahomes was last year. You got him as a QB 15 and he blew up into an every week starter. That's what you're looking to do when you target these later round quarterbacks. Identify situations that are that are going to work out for you. I, you know, I I had a, a little bit of Patrick Mahomes in one or two leagues, but I wasn't, you know, I certainly wasn't bold on him like like some other people were and 
you know he those people who were were hiring him were were handsomely rewarded so yeah uh, it's probably enough talk about patrick mahomes what's what's more interesting to me is how he's going to sustain all of these weapons and without a doubt i think he can so you know tyree kill we don't really need to talk about him don't need to spend any time talking about what he is he is surprisingly inconsistent for for how high he finishes, but he has just those ridiculous 35, 40 point games as well. So he can kill you a few weeks uh, every now and again. Yeah, uh, I like Tyreek Hill as that guy, as like a home run hitter who's going to win you those weeks. And he's, look, his floor's not as, you know, it's not going to be a single digit game. It's going to be like 10 to 15, but those games where he has 40, it's like, wow, and he's going to win you weeks. So especially come playoff time too, some guy you want. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And the thing is as well, is because of all the the off-the-field shit that's been going on with him, his ADP has been suppressed a little bit. It is climbing back up, but there's, you know, in in any other scenario, this guy should be arguably the number one or number two receiver in fantasy. He's going as the wider, like in terms of ADP, going as the wider seven right now, going in at 15th overall. So you can get him... You can get him as your your second selection and be really happy with that. Pair him with a much more reliable Juju Smith-Schuster, for example, or get get, get Michael Thomas, uh, get a real nice floor-ceiling combination, or a stud running back in James Conner, Tyreek Hill. So there's lots of flexibility around that area of the draft to get Tyreek Hill. So um, I think he's a great selection in fantasy this year, uh, sort of obvious and painfully on the nose to say. I think that's all that needs to be said about him. Yeah, you're laughing if you took him before he got the suspension came out. The nonsense. Oh, that yeah, that's the thing. The people who who did drafts before then and were doing best balls, I'm getting in the sixth and seventh round. Like, it's over. They've won that best ball. They've won that league. Yeah, like that's it. The value that they're going to get out of it is just forget about it. Mm. Uh, there's another couple of wide receivers we need to talk about. Sammy Watkins, who I know you're a big fan of. Um, bit of injury risk and they drafted. Yeah, as we said, McCall Hardman in the second round as sort of a cautionary if Hill got to spend last year, but it doesn't appear to be the case. Um, who do you like out of, this, out of these guys? I know you like Sammy Watkins. Do you like McCall Harvin this year? As a super late flyer, you know, I don't like rookie, 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 rookie wide receivers um, as, as, a, as a general rule. You know, he has been involved in preseason. He's looked good. Andy Reid is very creative. So if a head coach is going to get something out of a wide receiver with speed to burn, it's going to be him. Given where he is being drafted, you could do worse than getting him and stashing him at the end of your bench, particularly for the weeks that Sammy Watkins is injured because we know it's just be foolish to not predict some of that. So you can grab Hardman late at the end of your drafts. I think that could work out nicely for for you. And But Sammy Watkins, again, you know, people are like, oh, you're a broke, broken record with Sammy Watkins. He was wide receiver 63 last year. He only played 10 games. One of them he left early. Uh, and the first week was a, was a dud for Kelsey and for Sammy Watkins. It was the complete Tyreek Hill show. You give, you know, and there's some, some creative accounting and math going on there. But you take that eight-game sample that, that he was involved properly and average him out. And he was, you know... About the wide receiver 14 or 15 on a points per game basis. Like you can, there's a world in which Sammy Watkins is still really fantasy relevant. And with the way that Tyreek Hill is used and the way that they might get Harmon involved to continue to stretch, stretch the field, even though Watkins is a 4 4 guy, he was used, you know, at a far more short and intermediate rate last year, which makes him more 
have a, a much more reliable floor when he is healthy. And that's that's the key if if he's healthy. So where he's going at wide receiver 39, I think his injury concern are more than enough baked in. And you know, there's room for Hill and Watkins to to to, to both be top, you know, 20, 24 wide receivers in this offense and Kelsey to still be the clear wide uh, tight end one. Yeah, you put an L on the head. Yeah, if he's healthy. He did play well when he was on the field. Um, but again, did- he's just not healthy. And you can't you can't rely on that and him sort of leaving game early because he's injured. He's just going to cost you a week. He's getting drafted very late, which is sort of around that 100 range. But again, you're sort of taking flyers on guys that could potentially win your leagues. You've got a guy like Larry Fitzgerald going around there, MVS as well. So that's the thing. I think Sammy Watkins can be a league winner around that range. Because he's on a great offense, he's he's super talented. I don't think there's too many people arguing against this talent. If there are, get new eyes. But, you know, he's just going ahead of Kalen Ballage, Jordan Howard, LaShawn McCoy. The Chicago defense is going before him. Geronimo Allison still is like, give me Sammy Watkins over all of these guys, over Larry Fitzgerald. Really? Over, over Larry yeah, Fitzgerald? Over Larry, over, over uh, Eric Ebron. So, yeah, I mean, Marvin, Marvin Jones, I like ahead of him. The Marvin Jones is a great screaming value at ADP right now. But in that, in that range, if you can you know, grab Sammy as your, your last skill position player before you grab your first QB in that range, that's, that's sort of where I like Sammy Watkins, where he doesn't need to go into your starting lineup. You've already drafted sort of your seven or eight starting players in the skill positions. Maybe even you know one more bench person player in there. You get Sammy Watkins as the first wide receiver on your bench for when he's healthy, and then you grab your quarterback as well uh, to round out your first ten selections. And I think that's that you could have a really nice, really nice draft. Yeah, look, you can draft Sammy Watkins all you want. I'm not having any part of it. Give him to me. We'll do. Um, there is Demarcus uh, Robinson, DeAnthony Thomas, but I don't think they hold much value as long as those three guys are there. Um, do you want to touch on Travis Kelsey? There's not much really to touch on. He's just the best wide res- uh, tight end in the league. He's not even a tight end. He's a wide receiver, really. He's finished uh, past three seasons as a tight end one. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon either. Yeah, look, with with um, the touchdown regression for, for Mahomes, some of that will come Travis Kelsey's way as well. Will's, he, he scored a ton of touchdowns last season. Uh, so that touchdown rate will come down for him. But you know he didn't have the he. There's room for his market share to grow a little little bit as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, don't don't overthink it. Enjoy Travis Kelsey at the at the early second round. Yeah, you wouldn't take him sort of that high, sort of late second, um, around that sort of area. He's going at number seventeen at the moment. He's willing to take the stab at them there. Yeah, I am. I am. Um, not not in every league, of course, and. Not in, not in sort of ten team leagues, but any league with a tight end premium, I'm absolutely willing to make Kelsey one of my first picks. In fact, he was in the FF down under ball. He was my one point one eleven. So there you go. He was yeah. my two point three. You got him at two point three. Yeah. Nice. That's a that's that's a steal. I thought so too. So yeah, look, loving Trevor Kelsey this year. I don't think the other thing about Ertz and Kittle is they've got other people to take away targets from them. Sort of. Travis Kelsey doesn't really. He's got Sammy Watkins, but he's barely there. Tyreek Hill's going to get his. They're going to throw the ball a lot. And I think um, Kelsey's sort of target share or the amount of plays that they run for him is going to drop anytime soon. 
No, like he's going to be well, well, well involved on arguably the best offense, offense in football. So it isn't much to be to be overthought there with with Travis Kelsey. The bit of the drama though with the Kansas City Chiefs is their running back room. We all thought it'd be Damian Williams this year. Um, came out in May that they said he's going to be a starter, but then they draft Darwin Thompson, and all of a sudden in training camp and preseason he is starring, and all of a sudden it looks a bit different. Damian Williams goes with a hamstring injury in camp, and sort of Darwin Thompson has taken this and. He's run the ball for pretty much, pardon the pun. But yeah, how do you ex- how do you expect this to play out? Because Darwin Thompson now he's getting drafted. He's sorry, his ADP is getting drafted way high now. He's going as running back thirty six, eighty six. Before that, he was undrafted. No one even heard of his name. Stop! 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 Damien. Damian Williams is the guy. Draft Damian Williams. Enjoy this crazy discount that people are getting. He's the starting running back. A, a, a you know a leopard doesn't change his spots. Andy Reid uses one running back in his system. He's a very good pass catcher. If anyone saw the highlight of him going around, yes, he got mashed up on Solomon Thomas, but that's that's what Damien Williams can do. They, the you know, there's he's going to get open looks all the time because of the attention drawn to other people. Andy Williams is the king of screen plays as well. He's going to get a ton of usage there. Williams might lead. I know I said last episode it, it could be be Sony Michelle, but all-purpose touchdowns. Damien Williams could could lead all running backs in uh, in that category because he's f- great on the wheel route. He's a very f- fine pass catcher. It's Damien Williams' show. The hamstring injury we know it isn't severe because they played him during the preseason. There was no, you know, they didn't think there was any risk to it. And whilst Darwin Thompson has looked good, absolutely, and he'll be there. And he will step into a workhorse role if Damien Williams does go down. This is Damien Williams' job to lose, and I don't think he's going to lose it for a lack of ability or you know production. It will be if an injury happens. So enjoy Damien Williams as his price keeps tumbling. I think you'll be able to go back to getting him in the third round before long. Please, please, please go ahead and, and draft Damien Williams in the early third round because he's a league winner. I was sort of late to the Damian Williams sort of news. I didn't realize that uh, all this Darwin Thompson hype happened. I, I drafted him in the fourth round, Damian Williams, in a draft last week. Uh, was it last week? Yeah, two weeks ago, sorry. And everyone was like, what the fuck? What are you doing? And I was just like, what do you mean? And then yeah, all this Darwin Thompson news came out. And it's just like, I don't believe the hype either. I'm with you, Lewis. Uh, it's all going to be Damian Williams' show. That's uh, a steal. That's a steal in the fourth round. That's people yeah. over, overreacting to Darwin Thompson looking good with the backups, running with the twos. So we're in a world where people just love to overreact. Yeah, absolutely. Every clip, every everything, and every little thing that happens is you know shared and, and multiplied. And people people double count things, and they go they go, oh, it's the in- injury, and then Williams plays, but oh, we've got to recount Darwin Thompson in there, and. Yeah, keep it simple, guys. Damien Williams is 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 going to have a great year for the Chiefs. Yes, absolutely. Well, that will do us for the AFC West. Um, that does it for the AFC um, conference as well. We've got, next week, we'll be doing the NFC West and the NFC North as well, finish off the Vikings and Bears. And as well, we've got a sort of announcement, but we'll make that next week. A couple announcements, sorry. Yeah, we've been teasing one announcement for a while, but we've got got another one in the works. So stay tuned for the next few episodes because we're going to have some some pretty uh, exciting announcements coming your way. One good, one one not so good. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Got to talk to my barber. <laughs> anyway, Lewis, uh, you have a lovely weekend, mate. You have a lovely Saturday. 
uh, Sunday. Thank you. Friday. I will. I've got a live draft this weekend. So. Oh, there you go. Have fun. Who gets, who, what you. pick have you got? Sorry. It's uh, a good question. I've, I've honestly, I've done so many drafts. I've forgotten. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to double check. It's draft Patrick Mahomes. Draft Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah no, it's a one quarterback place. league. Patrick Mahomes carried me all the way to the championship game last year. And I outscored everyone in the league by a gazillion points. Had Christian McCaffrey. My team was absolutely stacked. And somehow, uh, off the back of uh, a defense going up against the defense that scored a million points against the Arizona Cardinals, I uh, I lost the final. So happy days. Happy days for you. Yeah. Well, anyway, Lewis, we'll have a better draft this year. Hopefully, you win it. I had a great draft last year. That's the that's the point. We'll have a better one. Okay, I will. Thank you. There you go. Um, have a lovely weekend, buddy, and I'll speak to you yeah, soon. Yeah, you too. Absolutely. Look forward to it, mate. Have a good one. Yeah. Hey, hit records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo?